Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Michael Talk Show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latrell. This is Jeremy McGrath. Hello again, everybody. This is Pit Pass Radio. So excited to get on the mic, and I couldn't even help it, but I got to tell you, we are happy to be on the air. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, uh, Tony Wink. P.J. Duran, Roman Avila with yet another week off. Ed Camp preparing the script as always. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson contributing to the program as always. Jack and Leanne DeLeon producing this program both online and terrestrial as well. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Leanne. Tony, who are the guests on the program before we get to breaking news? We're going to start with Jared Mees, who is on the phone waiting for us to talk with him. Also, uh, Big news out of AFT, so it'll be interesting to talk to Jared Mees. Also, um, Davis Fisher, who's an AMA Pro Flat Track Racer, uh, won the GNC2 Championship in 15. So he he joined uh, Richie Morris Racing in 2018 and finished season in ninth place. Three top five finishes in the year, and, and uh, including a fourth place finish at the Springfield Mile, which I uh, was at that race too. So uh, I was less involved. I was more of the watching than the racing, which is much different. But uh, Davis Fisher is going to be on. <laughs> also, Ted Weirbach, Weirbach Racing. Sure. Uh, of course, very famous name there in, in uh, flat track. Josh Hayes is going to be on hour number two, who is a multi-time AMA Superbike champion, and uh, as is Andy Debrino, who is, uh, he won the Super Hooligan National Championship, which is wildly popular. Um, so uh, he he also has raced uh, the AFT singles at the Buffalo Chip, and uh, he's a uh, pretty pretty very talented rider. So we've got a pretty good uh, lot of flat track and um, a road racer that's probably and, and, you know, pretty right, good right, at flat tracking. Right now, I think talking about flat tracks not a bad idea given all the heat that's behind it right now. A lot of success. It's uh, garnering a lot of attention across uh, across the industry. Let's go to uh, PJ Duran for breaking news. PJ. Well, the biggest of the breaking news is, although not 100% official, it looks as though Josh Heron either has or will be signing a two-year deal with Yoshimura to be partnered with Tony Elias on the Yoshimoto America team. The other far more sad news is the untimely demise of the Tenkati team in World Superbike and their partnership with Honda. They have been... A uh, long-standing uh, team and a quality team within the World Superbike paddock, and they have unfortunately announced bankruptcy and no longer will be partnering with Honda, which leaves a huge hole in the World Superbike paddock, I have to believe, for next year. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll we'll keep you up to date on this program. Of course, we talked with Danny Walker and uh, the demise of uh, his relationship with Honda, and I talked to Danny just earlier this week. Um, actually, it was late last week, and uh, he said, well, don't be surprised that there's other news to follow and uh, that leaves me scratching my head just a bit 
Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see any good news in regards to the Road Racing Factory, as they have also announced that they will not be racing in this upcoming Moto America 2019 season. I wonder if, how, how this relates to sales and uh, interest in the product line. I'm that just... is a good question for bigger brains than mine, I mm. think, Scott. All right. Uh, also, as announced earlier this year, the Honda's HRC had landed a deal with Kobe Bryant's Art of Sport, a brand new body care uh, products line for athletes that includes both deodorant, deodorant and soap. Well, it was released uh, recently that Ken Roxon posted on Instagram that he's partnered with Clinique for Men on the launch of the brand new Super Energizer skincare collection. Are we seeing the dawn of a new age of product from outside the industry? coming inside to attack it uh, well in a different way pj your thoughts i I think so tony you probably got some insight i mean we've seen some other outside industry people broster chicken being one of them unfortunately we're just talking about their that team going away Mm. i i think that the uh, motorcycle industry racing in general can't get their head out of their ass and i don't think that they're going to uh i don't think this is any big deal i think that um that uh this is the handiwork of a very good um uh, talent uh, agent right. for Ken Rocks, and that he brought a deal together with with HRC. And as ma- as badly as I wish to uh, to agree with what you're saying, Scott, I, I wish that was the truth, but I, I don't think it is. Well, I, I think two in a row. You see it as a one off for uh, it's just, for a supermodel of a guy. I mean, you see, he is good looking. I'm, wow, there it is. I wish I, but, I wish he was me, here. I could me, tell him in person. Let me tell you what what is glaringly evident and nobody's talking about for the most part. And that is Ken Roxon was one of those that adopted early the idea of social media as being a, a powerful tool. Ken Roxon with about a million two hundred thousand followers. And that's perhaps one of the things that makes the brand that is Ken Roxon so interesting to the brands outside of traditional motorcycle racing of any kind. Agree or disagree? Absolutely agree. I mean, the man obviously knows how to market himself, which makes it easier to sell him to any uh, potential sponsor. He's not my type, but I will say this, that all the girls around the campfire Mm -hmm. at my racetrack at night, they get giggly over Ken Rocks. And in closing with this topic, I will just read his most recent uh, uh, Instagram post, and it said, Ken Rocks in 94, amped to partner with Clinique for men on the launch of their new Super Energizer skincare collection. You can check it out at hashtag Clinique, Clinique for men and Super Energizer, hashtag Super Energizer. All right, with that, let's go to Jared Mees, our very first guest on this particular program. Jared, how are you? Good, guys. How you guys doing? Good. You've been around the industry for years and years and years, uh, well-schooled on the art of selling yourself and your accomplishments to, to potential sponsors of all kinds. What are your thoughts on what Ken Roxon has done and, and what uh, Honda HRC has done uh, as far as going outside the industry and, and landing people like Kobe Bryant's Art of Sport uh, uh, designer fragrance and, and, and deodorant, deodorant and soap lines? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> I mean, I think it's awesome that, uh, you know, right now in the motorcycle industry, it's uh, it's hurting. I mean, I think everybody knows that. You look at the stock of, you know, Harley-Davidson and the stock of, you know, a lot of motorcycle industry and just knowing everybody inside the motorcycle industry and where sales are at. And, you know, uh, it was unfortunate what happened to the MAG group earlier this year. Right. You know, with sales and and whatnot, like I said, are, are down. So I think anytime you can bring outside industry sponsorship into motorcycle industry is is a benefit, and it makes more brand awareness. And 
I think it's awesome. I mean, however way you can get it done, you get it done. And uh, it's good to see that they brought somebody uh, outside the industry inside of it. So hopefully it opens more doors. I mean, hopefully other skincare companies look at it and want to go and partner with somebody that's a competitor of theirs and kind of opens the door like that. So um, that's kind of what happened with the energy drink companies years ago. And now, you know, a lot of big teams are are accompanied by uh, energy drinks. So, you know, maybe, maybe the next thing's going to be skin cream. I don't know. Hey, we get we get Avon in there. I say you give him the first phone call, Jared. You're the you're you're a longstanding uh, number one finisher. That'd be your guy, Jared Mees. I was thinking CoverGirl. Even better. <laughs> maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. What about Charlie? There's the kind of, da, 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 that's so Jared, the Charlie. big the big news uh, of late in AFT. Um, Certainly is, I would say, some of the bigger news. Your two new teammates, the brothers Bauman. What do you think? And uh, you stoked to have uh, some fresh, or let's say fresher, younger blood on the team? Yeah, I am. Uh, Briar and I have been pretty tight over the last few years. He's uh, come. To, he came down last winter to Florida here and trained with me through the winter. And uh, you know, he's kind of been. Kind of been like a little younger brother of my, of, for me anyway. You know, someone that uh, try to mentor and give good advice to, and kind of bouncing things off of. And you know, he killed it pretty pretty much from the second part of this of, of 2018 on. And then his brother uh, Bronson filled in for uh, Brad Baker when Brad was injured. So, um, you know, I think when it came time to picking a couple riders, I think no doubt it was going to be hard to not pick Briar Bauman just because of uh, him being young and how good he did at the end of the year. And, you know, he was he was really strong. And then his, his brother filled in and did a, and a, a great job for Indian Motorcycle and uh, the brand. So I think it's a good fit. Um, you know, I think for Indian it's awesome because they picked two younger guys and, and uh, you know, could possibly have a really good, long, consistent future with them. So I think it's good. I don't want to let this interview get away with us without congratulating you right. on the incredible season. Again. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Does it ever get old? Jared, you're the man, by the way. <laughs> you are the man. <laughs> no doubt no, about it. It never gets old. It never gets old. Uh, it never gets old being, you know, winning and, and doing well. and uh, Being number one. And being number one. Yeah, exactly. It never gets old. I mean, it's what we train hard <laughs> to do, and that's what we focus on. So, uh Never, never gets old being successful. Ten wins, fifteen podium finishes. Tony, that's more than you have in your entire career. <laughs> well, in the AFT, it is. Yeah, actually, last year we were seventeen podiums and ten wins. But uh, the domination at the beginning of the year this year was a lot stronger than last year. Last year we were a little stronger on the second half. You know, season for season, they were very, very similar and close. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I. We definitely clinched the championship a lot earlier this year than last year, so I guess at the end of the day, this year was a little bit more successful. Jared, uh, without hopefully getting uh, anyone's uh, back up too much, the other big news from AFT certainly in the past week or two has been the announcement of the 2019 racing regulations. Oh, yeah. Um, We discussed them briefly last week. Uh, I think we, Tony and I had some uh, counterpoints but in the long run, or in the short run, let's say, AFT, in my estimation, hopefully this is fair, has done nothing to slow down Indian, the progress or the work that you guys have done. What they have done, and is essentially a fact, is they've opened up some uh, 
competition standards for competitors of Indian that are not directly applicable to Indian. Uh, I, I assume you have feelings on this, and the question is, how strong are they? Do you see this as a big handicap? I can't imagine you do. You guys are, are the class of the field currently, and I know your program will be as good as it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, like you said, trying not to suck up the whole clock on, on this. Um, basically, the way American Flat Track did it was essentially, okay, we're going to leave the Indian motorcycle alone but then we're going to allow everybody else to go uh, up to 900 cc's in engine displacement and up to 40 millimeters in throttle body size, which is basically a plus two millimeter. Um, So it kind of was a a little bit of a double whammy before the way the rules were wrote, which doesn't really make any sense, is this: if your motorcycle started underneath 750 cc, it had to remain maximum of 750 cc. For example, if you ran a 650 Kawasaki, you could take up the take it up to a 750, but that was the max. If your motorcycle started at 751, you were allowed to bore and stroke it from 751 all the way up to a thousand. So it really didn't make any sense. So now they tried to make it a little bit more sense where everybody's allowed to run a 900 and everybody's allowed to run a 40 millimeter throttle body, but the Indian. And and to be, to just add a little more clarity for our listeners, we did discuss this specifically. The difference is AFT saying if that motor started life as a street legal road going machine, you get these two concessions that you're talking about. Correct. Jared. Whereas a race developed machine does not get those concessions. Yes, correct. And there was also a race only engine that was on the list in 2018 that had aftermarket pieces that made it a race only engine. It was aftermarket pieces that were put on a production engine and was considered race only engine. That engine, from what I was told, is now being granted production engine and is allowed now to go to 940 millimeter throttle bodies. Basically, this engine last year was a race engine, and now this engine's a production engine, just basically because we're making that rule. That's it. Boom, done. That's another thing that right now is on the political mm-hmm. side of things. It's a little on the screwed up side is okay, how does one year it be called the race only engine? And then the next year, it's automatically a production engine. Why? How? So that's what everybody's kind of scratching their head about. The other thing is, is it's funny that people want to start talking about race engines and production engines and all this stuff. In flat track, you're allowed to take a 650 Kawasaki, born stroke at the 750, do anything you want to the crankshaft, do anything you want with valve size, cylinder head flow, valve spring, cams, pistons, Whatever you want, you basically can take the engine, turn it upside down, dump everything out that's inside of it, and completely start over, as long as you ran the homologated cases, cylinder heads, and cylinders. And if you wanted to run something that is aftermarket, you basically were allowed to do it as long as it was available and it was relatively in a good price range. Kind of like what Vanson Hines did with their motorcycle they ran aftermarket cylinder heads meaning they ran their own custom cylinder head so essentially you want to talk race only only engine you're taking a production engine and make it race only engine because 
you can do whatever you want to inside of it. So the other thing was is that the Indian motorcycle was the only motorcycle that was a race-only engine-slash-motorcycle, but it was production-made, meaning you could go to an Indian dealership, buy that motorcycle for forty dollars or $50,000, depending on what kind of deal you got, and walk out with the title and the motorcycle, and you could take it straight to the racetrack that weekend and put it on the front row. Right. And it has, and it was done this year. You can, When you talk to Davis Fisher in a little bit, you can basically ask him that same exact question. When he went to Calistoga, he fast qualified it. He took the bike that basically came to him, rolled it in his garage, put his suspension, I believe, on it, number plates, and I believe he fast qualified Calistoga. So that's the other argument is like these guys went out and not only provided a, a really good race motorcycle, race engine, but complete race motorcycle to everybody too. So it's a little bit of a bitter thing that they spent a lot of time and money and effort and came in with their guns loaded and did what every manufacturer would have loved to do, which go into a sport and dominate and do well. They did it. And now, because of that, they're getting a little bit of re- 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 repercussion over it. You know, that's, yeah, okay, you could say we're not doing anything to them, but we're allowing everybody else to do this. This could be like the Dallas Cowboys going to play the Patriots this weekend. And, oh, because you guys have a rough season going, Dallas Cowboys, you get to have two more players on the field. But we're not going to do anything to you Patriots. You guys can keep running their same plays, same thing, keep doing what you're doing, but you guys get to, do, get to have two extra players on the field, you know? You know, so it's unfair. Well, I've heard that they have a plan B already in place in case this doesn't slow down Indian, in case Indian continues to win. And that is next year, if in case you guys do win out this, this next season, the year after you'll be required to use the original Indian wrecking crew. <laughs> it'll be it'll be tough to find some of those guys. There's and, two of them, and I know exactly where they are, and I've met them, and I've talked to both of them. I think them. They're ready it'd be to hard, to, it'd be hard to ask Jared to sit down. I would imagine. Well, he'd be automatically become the race team manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Again, this is this is a political issue for sure on all sides of the, the of the equation, Jared. And you guys are absolutely within your bounds to vocalize and express your opinions. Again, given that the Indian did exactly what a manufacturer is supposed to do, give you the race or the most competitive package, you then returned the favor and did what you're supposed to do. Went out and crushed with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the deal is Indian did everything right. They came in, they tested the motorcycle one prior full year before coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went out and hired really good riders, and mechanics and teams. They just did everything perfect, and, uh, you know, hats off to them. And we got your backup band waiting in the wings to play you off. Jared, we appreciate you joining us again. Congrats on another great year. Ten wins, Thanks, 15 appreciate podiums. It. Outstanding work out of you, my 17. friend. 17. No, 15 this That's year. That's so last year. 17. He only got 15 this year. He was yeah. kind of sucking. Yeah, follow along Poor with the Jared. script here, my friend. Jared, thanks, bud. See you guys. Thank you. There Thank we you. go. Jared Mees heads to the pits. Coming up, Davis Fisher is going to be joining us, AMA Pro Flat Track star. Won't you stay with us? This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey, it's Colin Edwards. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires. 
starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the De Leon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The De Leons will offer you one-on-one -on -one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the De Leons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack De Leon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. What's up, guys? This is Jay Sowen, Arena Cross Superstar. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, this program brought to you in part by our good friends at, uh, at a certain motorcycle dealership that will not go nameless. We'll talk to P.J. Duran for just a moment. P.J., let's talk to us uh, about Hicklin Power Sports right now. Uh, of course, uh, 2019s are being uh, announced, but we have 2018s to get through. We sure do, and we are pulling 19s out of the box every day. Wow. Uh, but we've got eight great deals on the 18s, and uh, with that near snow scare this weekend, we had a, a lot of snowmobiles jump up out of there on hey, Saturday. Hey, dude, I, I went snowmobiling yesterday all day. It Down was south? Sweet. Where'd yeah. you go? Osceola? Uh, Didn't have to go far. South yeah. of my motocross track, 10 miles. There wow. was snow drifts waist deep. We were amazing. jumping ditches and cool being dorks yeah it was fun we had fun nothing though, right? here in des moines it's Hickman. crazy because i sorry to interrupt i uh 
rode <laughs> rode motocross the day before, and yeah. then and then the next day I, I sled. Snow, yep, same place. Oh, you need- Oh, you need your jet ski. Get the trifecta going. <laughs> HicklinPowerSports.com online. Look for them there, or you can go in person and check them out. Get yourself a haircut while you're there as well. Make sure you get an appointment. That's HicklinPowerSports.com. Next up, Davis Fisher is going to join us at AMA Pro Flat Track Racer and Star. Davis, how are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good, man. Thank you. For, thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. Davis, have you ever seen a motorcycle shop that has a really good barber shop in it as well? No, I never have. I've seen most of the stuff at the coffee shop, but yeah. not a. That's old. That's old hat. You got to go hat. to the yeah. bike shop. We went. I went there today. Got a trim from uh, Liz at Garage Gals. Yeah, yeah. yeah Scott's looking. Got at a little it. product in your a little hair. Little product there. in my hair. I was wearing my my Rhino Power hat, so I was. <laughs> it uh, messed it up, but pretty good. Uh, pretty good haircut there. Davis Fisher's our guest. Davis, um, we were just talking with Jared Mees, and he was talking about. Uh, buying an indian motorcycle you get a title and you pretty much put your uh your suspension and your tires and your number plates and you go racing and and you did just that this year yeah yep um i purchased one from andy debrino um he won that bike from the uh hogan championship and uh he signed the title over to me and i took it racing for the first time at calistoga this year and ended up fifth how will the uh, the new rules and the rule changes affect you guys, do you think? Um, I mean, with the gas uh, rule change, um, we'll have to put different pistons and change the mapping in our Indians, most likely. Um, so, I mean, it'll be a little bit of cost out of our pockets. Um, but, I don't know, it seems like they're making maybe the racing a little bit closer with the uh, production motors. Um for competition-wise, letting them have bigger throttle bodies and whatnot, they'll probably be a little bit closer this year. So, Davis, you think that the, the throttle bodies is, and then the uh, the pistons is that because they're they're allowing uh, or they're they're requiring a lower octane fuel or or you know a different compression ratio or what are you thinking? Yeah, it probably has something to do with the compression ratio that um, changes changes things up a little bit. Um, Will have to be different pistons. Do you think th- this is fair to Indian? That's kind of been the big question. That's my question. Because yeah. here's the thing: we we talked about this with Honda having when they when they were really dominant back in the day, uh, that they immediately AMA Pro Flat Track Racing immediately came out with a rules package that that made Harley relevant again, and we feel like there may, may be some of this going on. However, it is the off season, and all we've talked about for the last two weeks and this entire program, with the exception of Josh Hayes. Yeah is AFT. So maybe they're no dummies over there. Maybe Michael Locke and those guys know what they're <laughs> hey, doing. Hey, look, we are, we're on <laughs> yeah. the front page. And right. It's not a bad point. It's a, yeah. it's, it may be more of a... I think they're trying to twist the plot a little bit, um, get everyone closer in competition, different brands out there. So Andy Debrino won this motorcycle, and then yeah. uh, you buy it off of him or win a bet, yeah. arm wrestle, what? Yeah, I bought it off of him. Yeah, sweet. And then uh, Did you get some kind of a deal. Yeah, he gave me a good deal on that. Yeah. What do you take for it? What's that? What do you take for it? What would I take for it? Yeah. yeah. Ballpark. Uh, probably what he sold it from, to me for. Hmm. hmm. Not being real, uh, real clear That's on the very amount. vague, professionally vague. <laughs> I, that is vague, <laughs> yeah. and I'm very interested. I'll give I you three and a half percent interest. I don't have any money, but what I can pay you is is my respect. Wow. 
Maybe some uh, half-used fireworks? High praise indeed. <laughs> half-used. I have some that got wet. <laughs> the thing about fireworks that have been wet yeah. is they all shoot for the most part. They just don't always shoot the way they're supposed to. Ah. Sometimes they shoot out the side. Alternative routes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our guest, Davis Fisher, uh, AMA Pro Flat Track Star. We're talking a little bit about the rules changes. and I'm, I'm just finding that... You know, I'm scratching my head a little bit here, Davis, because if you think about it, Harley-Davidson ruled the roost for how long? And then along comes Indian, and, and after a year of testing and, and uh, uh, experience on the track, and then a year of actual racing and dominance, by the way, um, you're seeing um, them changing the rules to, I mean, is, is it political, do you think, or how much is political? I think it's pretty political. Um, yeah, they, I... They want to see all the brands um, winning uh, each week and have a different brand out there to sell more bikes. So I, I feel like if there's different brands out there winning, that um, they'll be a little bit given to AFT um, as far as the brands that are out there. I'd like to see AFT put a race on right up in Spirit Lake, Iowa, right by the uh, old Victory Factory, now now the Indian Factory. That'd be cool. Thoughts, huh? Yeah. That would be cool if there was a venue that could handle it. Hmm. Uh, so you're going to be running this bike again this year, Davis, the very same bike. Are you running your own program, or have you got a, a big team behind you? Um, I'm not really sure yet. Um, I don't really have a ride right now. It's open to whatever. Um Davis, let's talk a little bit about you. How long have you been racing, and how did it all start for you? Uh, in 2006, um, or, yeah, 2006, when I was nine years old, um, my dad never really wanted to race, but I grew up riding in the backyard since I was two and a half, and um, he's like, put me to the test as far as he told me I wasn't going to race one weekend, but we were on the third practice um, day. And he's like, so if you don't mess around with the kids, are responsible for getting your bike ready for the practice day, gear, um, staying focused, I'll let you race on Saturday. And I guess I passed the test and, um, Race on Saturday, and the duty beat his dad. So, um, I got all the duties hand me down. Um, if Dave was gonna race, and growing up, I was duties hand me down. Um, and here I am today. I mean, you were 16 years old, and you're in your rookie year, you finished second in the GNC2 championship, and uh, I'd say that was a pretty strong statement. When did you know you had it? Um, Probably not till when I turned 16 and rode uh, the GNC2 class for the first time. I just remember coming um, off the track uh, in 2014 at my first race in Daytona. And I finished ninth, and I was, like, really stoked about that. Um, I didn't even expect to make the main event. Uh, um, been doing all right ever since. Yeah, I'd say I, I liked your performance in the X Games. By the way, the 2016 edition. 
But uh, all the various events you've been competing in, you always seem to be, you know, on the upside of everything. And I, I really like your style, I like the way you race. More than anything, I like the way you carry yourself, uh, you know, through the pits and through through, through the paddock. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Let's go to PJ. PJ, I know you had your hand up. Well, you mentioned uh, J.D. Beach. He's coming back to your very paddock this year. You're going to be lining up against him. Uh, has the smack talk already begun between you two? <laughs> yeah. I think it begun um, this last season when he uh, came into flat track for the last few races. Um, there a little bit of snack talk going on. I'm sure there'll be some throughout the season next year. <laughs> I mean, if there is a favorite track for you, I know Lima's probably in there. Uh, or Lima, mm-hmm. depending on what part of the country you're from. Um, right. But is there a favorite for you? Um, lately, it's been Springfield. Um, I've had some good success um, from there, and that's just a nice, smooth, consistent track. Uh, good visibility. That's the one thing that really like separates the tracks that I like and I do not like is if I'm able to see or not. You're talking the mile, Springfield mile? Yeah. That is, yeah. if 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 you ask, and I th- probably nine out of ten guys, right, they're going to de- define it as being an epic place to race, one that they will hold in their memory bank for the rest of their lives, and the experience they have there. And I'm not sure what it is, if it's a combination of the fans, the stadium, or the, the grandstand, uh, the dirt. I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's a monster for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I also like in Indy, but I never really had good, good results at Indy, but I always liked the track. 2014 when I we went there I ended up crashing and then 2015 I had a mechanical but it's always a really fun track and hopefully we go back there someday. What about Daytona our next upcoming race if you will that is uh, a track that's kind of brought uh, mixed reviews from racers as they've tried to make it a something a little different it's still always it looks like going to be a terribly slick place you like racing there though? Yeah, I like it. Um, I like it. Seems like your riding ability comes out more on those type of tracks. Um, so I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. Also, um, you got a lot of different variables with different turns, jumps, and everyone's always at the first race of the year. So there's a lot of guys usually that show up. Everybody's there, and everybody has high hopes. Everybody's healthy, and they all get to use their front brake. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Davis Fisher. We go back to 2014. He missed out on the GNC2 championship by a single point. How disappointing yeah. was that? It was pretty disappointing. I mean, it was my first year. And I was kind of I was in the hunt for the championship all year long. Um, but then after my get off at Indy, I was kind of set back 40 points. Well, when I came by, well, I missed two races. Um, because of an injury, down like forty points, right? But I came back and won the last two, and I, uh, Kyle Johnson, he was right there, um, and so it was. It came close to down to one point. If he would have finished third at the last race, I would have had it, but he finished second. I mean, you think about it, Tony. That that so that fall, you just you're laying in bed every night thinking, "What if I'd have done this? What if <laughs> what if this yeah. had happened?" Right? Yeah. Well, that's a woulda, shoulda, coulda. But it, you you missed two races due to injury, but you made every other main. You hit the podium nine times. 
I'd yeah. say you, I'd, I'd say you had a, uh, you represented yourself and your family pretty well. And yeah, it was a good year. It was fun. And from there, Tony, it was hats off. Davis, you do any indoor stuff this winter or anything down south, or what are you up to? Yeah, um, two weekends ago, I raced Salem Indoor for the first time this season, um, and then I got it again this weekend coming up, and then January 11th is the next one. What about Coke races? Are you doing any of those, Coke surf races? No, we don't have any of those out here. Um, Sounds like an opportunity. Yeah, we have San Jose, but it's like March 23rd or something like that, and I'm usually back east by then. Have I seen something about Jake Lewis? He He's something on his social media. He was doing some indoor thing. Was it Jake? Somebody was was it doing a fly track. I, I think it was Jake. He definitely. I'm not sure. He, he's no, Corey Texter does it quite a bit. Yeah, and he Jake's known to do the Southern Illinois. There's some stuff Southern Illinois, Kentucky. Right. Uh, there's a fair bit of like horse barn racing, short track stuff. Oh, yeah. I like barn. I like those. I think that's as exciting as anything. Just uh, you know that the miles cool, very cool. Half miles are very cool, but you get some good racing in short track. You know, you, you, yeah, a lot of good, good. Uh, Good racing and, uh, you know, the variables, right. You don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. So, well, man, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We appreciate you taking the time. Well, I was going to ask him about yeah, Sturgis. Oh yeah, sure. The Buffalo chip. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on the Buffalo chip and the Sturgis race? I like Buffalo chip. Um, it's pretty fun race and the, the venue is great. The spectators are awesome. Um, how about the Buffalo yeah. chip girls? Yeah, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they have buffalo chip girls. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, calendars full of them. But, um, what's that? I say the calendars are full of them. Oh yeah, beautiful girls, beautiful girls. Well, listen, Davis, we can go through that uh, on the next time you come. We'll pick it up next time you come on the show. Any sponsors you want to recognize before we cut you loose? Yeah, I would like to thank uh, Richard Morrison, Double D's Performance, Bob Lampers, Beavis and Motorcycles. Uh, Dick Wall 60, my family for supporting me all these years, or out of motion press, first connection, reset, and a lot of other ones to list, but. Good on you, buddy. Appreciate the time, Davis. Best of luck in the off, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back on and in racing. Uh, well, you're already in racing style and fashion, but I gotta believe you're itching to get out there again as soon as possible. Yeah. So, good job out of you, man. Thanks. All right, thank you for having me on. You bet. One of the good young guys out there, Davis Fisher. I tell you what, he started his rookie year at the age of 16, but he finished second at the GNC2 Championship. Not a bad way to start, if you ask me. We'll be back after this. Stick around. More pit pass around the corner. This portion brought to you by our friends at Wise Coast. Stay tuned. More after this. Hi, I'm uh, David Vitterman, the world-famous gun rider, and you're listening to Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days.
With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. This is Tim Ferry, hero of Motocross Nation in USA, and you're listening to Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. All right, welcome back uh, to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, and of course, the news is out that Geneva Supercross uh, takes place in Switzerland. Of course, one of the longest standing off season European races in history. Tony, it's one you haven't raced. Correct, Scott. I haven't raced that one. Also, thanks yeah. for pointing that out. Yeah. How about Chad Reed, though, sweeping all three main events on Saturday? in the Auckland New Zealand race. How crazy is that? I think I mean, it's cool. There was Wilson Dean Wilson was there, Brayton was there, Christian Craig was there, uh uh Josh Hansen, which he's you know, we didn't think he was gonna do anything. It's not a pushover field to what you're saying. No, no, I mean it wasn't like super deep, but still it's just so awesome that he's you know, and he, he's uh racing I I and with Wes and Pike being um and you know, obviously injured and, and going through all those terrible surgeries and stuff. Chad Reeves wants to go racing again, and he's relevant again. I can't believe it. He just he's the uh, the, the Renaissance man. He just keeps Energizer coming. Bunny. Yeah, and the guy's wait thirty six, thirty seven. I think be. he's more than that. 
Here's an update on uh, Weston Pike, currently in a local hospital in France after a serious crash in the final main event at the Paris Supercross. He collided, of course, with Dylan Fernandez in the third Supercross main event, went down and then la- and was landed on by Cedric Sibarius, and uh, Pike was taken to the hospital. And, of course, we are praying that he comes out of this thing uh, and uh, comes out of it quickly. And, of course, we want him to follow doctors. Um, I mean, he's got facial surgery that needs to take place. Lots of them. Yeah, and yeah. that's it's it's tough. It's tough. So yeah. prayers are with him and his family, and I know you folks will join us in doing so. Next up on the program, Ted Weirbach is joining us. Teddy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? It sounds like you're almost within about sixty miles of where we are. Oh yeah, not close, huh? Hmm. Your home base is what? Atumwa, Iowa. Hmm. Atumwa, Iowa, the home of one Tom Arnold, my old roommate. A lot of people wouldn't uh, admit that publicly. <laughs> I would have to agree with what, you that on they're that. Fr- that they're from Otumwa or that they were roommates with Tom <laughs> roommates Arnold? Roommates with Tom. is <laughs> a good place. I think so. I think so. Ted, how's it going? Well, it's going good. Trying to get through the off season, get ready for next year. How difficult is that for guys like you? I mean, it, it, it's almost like putting the brake on and then double pumping it, yeah? Well, yeah, it really is because, you know, as soon as the season's over, the work starts for the spring. Right. So there's really not a lot of off season. It's just you know we start preparation immediately. So October we're starting ready for you know getting ready for Daytona. So it's never uh, it's a never ending cycle. You're bringing a a a, a gun, a young gun, Maxwell, to uh, to the Chase AFT Twins Championship. Cool. Next year, um, big deal there. I think uh, we've. I was actually talking to Al Rodenborn about a month ago about this and uh there's there's a little bit of buzz about this w- about uh max coming to the united states and, and chasing this uh obviously he's been here but what what are your thoughts what are your expectations with him well with max we're actually chasing the singles title right okay. so he's okay. in his first year riding this year so you know we think max has all the skills to run up front right he, he adapts quickly He's a great character guy. You know, he's liked by the fans and the paddock um, and, you know, comes from a great racing family. And we're just, you know, super excited to have someone of his talent um, running for us next year. We think he can do great things running front all year. So, so, so Max is doing the singer or the twins? Single, Max right? Max is doing the singles. Yeah. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah, he finished. Well, Max is seventeen, right? So yeah. he needs a little bit of time over here in America first. Yeah, we can't just. He's jump. still eligible to ride in the production twins class, which is their gateway class, but uh, clearly not your focus, right, Ted? Yeah, no, we're actually going to do some twin select stuff with Michael Enderbitson, you know, who in the inaugural races this year won the spring and fall races at Springfield for the production twins. So kind of where they, you know, the launching pad for going back to the to the. Uh, you know, putting those the younger kids in a, in a class on big bikes, and uh, what they're going to do eleven races this year. So we're going to do probably half of those, and uh, and keep Michael Enderbitson on the twin. And what twin uh, for our listeners are you running in your program? It, it, well, what, which single are you running? Well, we're staying with Kawasaki's all the way around. You know, we've we've got four Kawasaki twins that we've been running since twenty fourteen. Oh. And um, and so we're going to keep those there, and we're going to expand a little bit next year. Uh, the new 2019 KXF is, is a great motorcycle, so we're kind of excited. You know, we used to have some fast singles on Hondas back in the day, and we think we can do some good things with the uh, the new KX, especially with Max on it. Ted, uh, you, you being the first of the uh, 
bikes that are impacted, I would say, favorably by the new rules. Are you able to make some, is this going to be a huge watershed, the ability to, one, pump uh, your 650 to nine? I can't believe it is because I've seen the inside of a 650 Cowie and there's not enough room to get a big enough piston to make it a 900. But the maybe the bigger throttle body, is that something you guys are experimenting with yet or is it uh, you know, going to be business as usual? For us, it's going to be business as usual, right? And we're going to put, you know, focus on rider development and the younger guys right now. We, we kind of want to see things settle out. You might get 800 out of one of those Kawasaki's, but 900 is really not attainable in a dependable format, you know, from what we see. And, and then we also don't really know exactly how this uh, lower octane fuel is going to, you know, what it's going to do to compression ratios and what we're going to end up with. So, you know, right now we're, we're going to run production twin, see what happens, and really focus on Max in the 2019 Singles Championship. That's that's good news, and quite realistically, the the Kawasaki since its inception in the class, I don't see it hurting for motor. It's no. never been a motor that's uh, been lacking in power. I think it was arguably a bit of an overdog in its initial phases before Indian came along anyway. I mean, I got to think you guys are plenty happy with it, and clearly the 450 is going to be a beast. Yeah, you know, we're excited about that 450. You know, the, everybody got caught by the uh, the storm, the, you know, the, the Indian ambush, right? Um, but you can still get a ton of power out of a Kawasaki, and you can still run out front with one. Um, but, you know, money changed the sport. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it, it's what I'm glad to see is a lot of some of the privateer teams um, going to invest in good riders, and with the new rules change, they're going to put it to where, you know, it's, it's not 12 Indians and, and three Harley-Davidsons and one Kawasaki, which is what we ended up with at the end of the year. So diversity is good. This thing, it flows every year. And, and I think the rule changes is, is going to be good for the overall fan base and support. So um, you got to kind of go with the flow when, when the rules change. Right. Ted, Weirbach Racing is a name in, in flat track that people that are in the know respect respect a lot and they they we all know that you are are uh, as deeply rooted as is in flat track as anything i mean it's like your team has history and, and you guys are are the stuff right so that being said if you were indian and this rules package was announced would you feel gypped would you be pissed slighted would you be slighted would you how would you feel about this I don't know that I'd be, you know, that I would feel gypped about it. Um, I think that everybody wants to see competitive racing. You know, there's been dominant brands, of course, that we've all dealt with over the years. And I don't think anybody wanted to see all 16 or 18 of one brand at any point in time. Um, the domination was significant. I think, you know, we have to see what those rule changes really do. Mm-hmm. They're pretty drastic, but after two years of of pretty solid domination um, to keep the interest level of the sport up, you know, they've got to, you know, they've got to let some other folks at least catch up a little bit. Okay. I mean, hats off the Indian for what they built coming out because that thing put power to the ground. It handled well, and it was so rideable. They did a wonderful job with it, but you know, um, we need some other brands that are uh, in the main event. That's for sure. 
We'll talk with Ted Weirbach. This portion of our program brought to you by Fly Racing and their new light hydrogen racewear. I'll tell you what, it's good stuff. Dialed in for a perfect fit. A simple turn of the dial delivers unparalleled performance. Fly Racing. Look for them online at flyracing.com. Ted, back to that point you just made that we need other other manufacturers in the in the main event and that kind of thing. I'm all for it. I'm all for this, but I just can't help think that it, it's just make why don't why don't they make the other manufacturers step up within the rule package rather than backing ch- changing it so that everyone can compete with the with a platform that's that's and i get it i get that they're they're and i'm all for it but you know when you see a guy like sammy getting uh lapped at the mile you know at springfield mile that's that's uh pretty cr- you know it's almost unthinkable you know on a regular basis that kind of thing happens now and so I'm all for it. I'm all for the change. I just can't help think that, you know, way back when when Honda was was doing so well, and and they the AMA Pro Flat Track came out with a new rule package that made Harley relevant again. I just think that it's uh, it just it just feels to me like they're they're handicapping indian so everybody else can catch up and that's exactly what you just said or at least that's what i heard mm-hmm. i just think it's uh i don't know it doesn't it doesn't breed to me it doesn't breed uh new technology in racing and that kind of thing it, it it's uh, restricting it's restricting and i nobody likes restricting racing well you know you got to go back to and look at it i, I you know i don't represent a manufacturer right but mm-hmm. i represent a privateer race team and you go back to 2015 when we all built for the production twins announcements that we had at that point in time and you also take the you know what affected that was the grassroots guys like us we almost got priced out of it at that point right we went from super relevant to non-relevant in about 24 months so guys like us that have kept the sport open for a long time and done all we could to develop riders and and make flat track special um i think they want to keep us in the game right and that's that's really kind of my perspective on it I can re- I can re- totally respect that, and I and I see your point one hundred percent. I just hope that they keep the rules package for a while, so that everybody has an opportunity to develop catch and, and catch up. Because Weirbach doesn't have the the resources that Harley or or Indian or you know some of the other teams has. Obviously, you guys have really got your stuff together, but it's not obviously um, the the money that's poured into the into the Indian program and the Harley program. So. I just think that uh, it it'll be interesting to see what happens. And like I said earlier, when we had Jared Mees on or Davis Fisher, it's the off season, and all we're talking about is flat track. Mm-hmm. That's what we like to hear. Well, that's also the most exciting thing that's happened to racing over the last couple of years: the reemergence of flat track. For sure, they have done an excellent job of marketing, developing, and uh, bringing back a race style and format that fans are attracted to. Let's face it, they'd like to see their racers go by in front of them, not out of sight. I think it's terrific what's going on right now at AFT. And getting getting um, Flat Track onto the stage of X Games has been huge. Yep. And the, the marketeers that uh, made that happen, they've certainly earned their money. Ted, given the proximity of you and the race team, um, what's it going to take to get you guys to, uh, you know, maybe drop into the studio one Tuesday night prior to the season. Oh, we'd be happy to do that. So we'll be, uh, you know, 
in the basement with the heater on working on bikes, but uh, <laughs> a quick gone up to you guys is not too uh, not too out of the question. No, you come up to Des Moines, we'll get you some sushi going, and uh, we'll bring you over to the studio, and you guys will have your own microphones, and we'll put you right on there, and we'll, make, uh, we'll give you a, a whole hour to promote uh, We're About Racing. What do you think of that? Sounds great. I, I like the promotion, but I like the uh, raw fish in Des Moines even better. <laughs> We've got some dang raw fish, man. There was a whole time uh, we didn't even know you are supposed to cook fish. Uh, no, we, we we actually knew that. I think it was last year we discovered. That. You uh, maybe when you get a, your title sponsor or some sponsors, you know, more squared away, you can invite them to come on, and you can be in the studio with us yeah. interviewing them. That'd be cool about your program and, and their involvement. Yeah, we'd love to do that. We would really love to do it. We appreciate that you guys are, are giving us privateers at a little bit of airtime, and all the airtime for flat track is tremendous. You are, <laughs> you keep calling yourself privateer, but, man, I tell you what, you're the most professionally run privateer group I've seen, and uh, we appreciate that, too. A lot of effort by you and your family. So good job out of you, Ted. Appreciate the time. Uh, any sponsors you do want to recognize before we send you to the pits? Yeah, I sure do. Real quick, uh, Kawasaki USA, Racing Unlimited, General Engineering, Webcam, Recluse, CP Carrillo, Spectro, Everybody that keeps us running, paying in. So many people uh, make it possible for us to do what we do, and uh, that's what it's all about. So we appreciate the support, and thank you guys. And the community of Ottumwa, Iowa, by the way. I love those guys. All right, uh, Ted, thanks so much. Best to everybody, okay? Thank you much. There we go. And let's see if we can get uh, Michael on the show, perhaps, and uh, Whale as well. I think that'd be terrific. Okay. There we go. Uh, coming up next hour, uh, Andy Debrino is going to be joining us. Josh Hayes will have a little bit of open conversation time. Uh, before we hit the top of the hour, though, Jack, I do want to let people know that the promoters of the Geneva Supercross in Switzerland released a statement on the website that explained that Aaron Plessinger would not make the trip due to a practice crash last Friday. Now, Tony, I know you and I were talking about this before we went on the air, but Transworld Motocross is reporting that the injury, while minor, is still one that will uh, able, enable him to uh, not make this trip, and uh, he still will be able to train lightly, but uh, not full force. That's tough, and it's, uh, shoot, it's late November, almost December, so uh, by the time this airs on KXNO on Sunday, it'll be December, so we're only like five weeks away from Anaheim 1, yeah, so it's that's... It's already coming. Yep, so uh, if he's riding West Coast, it'll be interesting to see how he comes along. I want to thank Jared Mees, Davis Fisher, and Ted Weirbach. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Front Porch Media Group out of Ohio. We appreciate them as well. Check out the website, Pit Pass Radio. You're going to be checking out some new and different features in the coming weeks. We appreciate you listening. Hour number two is coming up next. Again, Josh Hayes and Andy Debrino and all of us. For PJ Duran, Tony Wake, Ed Camp, Roman Avila, I'm Scott Casper. Stay tuned. It's coming up next. Hour number two. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke 
stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. Hour number two of the big program. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the uh, Front Porch Media Group. We appreciate that. Uh, Hour number one, if you missed it, go back and grab it on the website or the app. The app, by the way, is available on the uh, iTunes App Store or the Android Store. You can get it uh, for free and listen to us anywhere. You can also hear us on iHeart uh, the iHeart app, and that's uh, anywhere around the world. Appreciate that. Jared Mees, Davis Fisher, and Ted Weirbach joined us in hour number one. We also touched on, uh, well, some of the news uh, hitting the airwaves and hitting the uh, Internet websites out there. As Kenny Roxon had partnered uh, with Clinique, we thought that was a, a story that, you know, deserves some attention after all that's money from outside the industry coming in to the industry and helping to uh, pay the way for so many of our guys. We like that a lot. Also, uh, we talked a little bit about some of the injuries that have taken place, and uh, hopefully Aaron Plessinger will be back and fully healthy ready for the season we're concerned of course about the injury uh that has befallen weston pike and there are many uh he is in a hospital in france we are told and uh, recovering but uh many surgeries to come to rebuild that young man and rebuild his face in particular there was a bad get off and then of course the bike that landed on him nothing intentional of course uh coming up in hour number two andy um andy uh Debrino. Debrino. I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on. And, and Josh Hayes will be joining us. Uh, we'll start with our own Josh Hayes. Josh, how are you? I'm doing good, fellas. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, I called you our own Josh Hayes, and I think it's purely because of the total number of times you've appeared on this program. Is it a lot? I think so. Are you a new daddy? Tomorrow, one year. One year tomorrow. Sweet. Yeah. That means you are out of amateur status going pro. <laughs> yeah. I'm exhausted. How's, how's Melissa doing? You know, she is fantastic other than my my family. We were there for Thanksgiving. I think my little brother got, got her sick. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, so she's mad at the world and mostly me because I live in that world. Sure. So. Josh, can you count on 
one or two hands how many divers you've changed? Oh, no. Not even close. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a stay-at-home dad. You know, like, he kind of has, like, two of them, really, because me and Melissa are both kind of amateur at it. So <laughs> we split it We split it down the middle. You have, like, the, you take the pee ones, you, she takes the poopy ones? <laughs> no, and, and even, it, it, man, it gets worse than that. We're no cherry picking. Diapers. <laughs> we, we're doing cloth diapers, so you got to clean them. Oh, wow. You got to knock the poop off of them. That's old school, baby. Not, when they're not tootsie rolled and you gotta you gotta go dunk and swish in the to- in the toilet and all kind of it, it's a mess it's what fun. yeah hey what are you doing hey that is are that you, is old is that school a, is that a california hippie thing or is that a no i don't know mother earth yeah. thing or what dude i, I tell you what gross like, because when we tra- when we travel when we're at the races we put them in disposables yeah. and we do have more issues with the disposables than we do the other ones as far as his poor little behind so he seems to prefer the the cloth. Let's go quickly, changing the topic if we can. Chris, <laughs> Chris from the internet. Chris wants to know why you don't like uh, twins. Oh, I don't like twins. That's not the case. It's not that I don't like twins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my opinion was just that uh, in professional racing, I wanted all the classes to perform at a very high professional level, and the introduction to the twins class in my opinion, was to, to get more on-track action going. I don't have any issue with it. Um, to me, uh, it just needs time to grow into becoming a professional class the way it was uh, a few times in the past. I believe Pro Thunder had built, grown into a pretty big class, but right now, without you know any manufacturer support and things like that, and you're seeing 10-year-old motorcycles on the grid, uh, it, it doesn't have the feel of a professional event to me. Fair points uh, by the champ, Josh Hayes. That was Chris Parrish, by the way. Yeah, I, and uh, he's a champ. I, I'm a, he's a champ, <laughs> and I hate that I, I hate that I offended him because uh, <laughs> he did a fantastic job, and and I did not mean to demean any of the work. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and it's uh, it those. Th- th- the class is what it is, and you're absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head, Josh. Uh, Moto America was striving to do something, and they took the most expedient, and it seemed, uh, you know, worthwhile direction. And the series was awesome. So, as fans, I'm not complaining. But I, your point. Well, I thought the idea was it would be an easy draw. It's one of the more popular classes at local club races. So. Hoping Absolutely. Pull each of the all of those riders from those markets that we go and visit all over the place. We thought we'd have huge grids everywhere we went of all these guys stepping out and taking part in this pro event, as well as sticking around and seeing the rest of the race, races. So uh, it was only a handful of them that were able to follow the whole series. And, there were. Uh, it's just it will take some time to grow. I think. Yeah, and at certain events, which we all saw, there were huge grids, but not yeah. at every single event. So it's going to happen when something's new. You know, I understand that. Josh, you uh, you're you're getting used to your uh, duties as a father. It's been a year. <laughs> Are you getting at all used to the fact that you're not racing? Because we remember distinctly talking to you some year ago, and you being less than enamored with the idea of not actively campaigning. Are you still looking for a job that involves your right wrist, or what? Um, I, I, if, if I found the right one, I definitely wouldn't turn it down. I miss it very, very much. Um, it's, it has settled in and, uh, you know, I know that the opportunities are, 
are few and far between. Uh, there was a little bit of talk about that Moto E that's going to go along with Moto G. Going to say that. Events. And uh, I did reach out. Uh, it, it was kind of brought to me. I did reach out. That that grid has kind of filled up at this point. But uh, I did let them know that I was very interested. And if something happens or comes along in the future, to please keep me in mind. So, uh, I mean, I'm still going to be trying to figure out some way to be at the Moto America race. Wait, wait, wait. Josh, Josh Hayes calls and the grid's full. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I don't believe <laughs> well, it. I think you're... Well, I think my timing must have been probably a little late. You know, those guys are a little closer to the heart of knowing how everything's going. Sure. And I think uh, I was a little slow on the uptake on getting to those guys. So I was still trying to work out what my life was going to look like and what kind of uh, affiliation and, and partnership and relationship I was going to keep with Yamaha and kind of how things are going to go. So, so Josh, you uh, did some laps at the Dunlop Tire Test at Barber, right, on Westby's R1? I did. Uh did that is that something they asked you for some input or uh was it something dunlop wanted some input from you or is it just you taking an opportunity to to ride a superbike and 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 uh remind everybody how fast you are uh maybe a little bit of all of those <laughs> I, I don't know uh you know the the westy guys uh chuck and ed and all we're, we're all you dustin we're all pretty close trig you know we're, we're all pretty good good friends and we talk throughout the season. Of course, I would, you know, chit chat with the team about what I see whenever I was out watching on the racetrack. And at some point, they were just curious because there was a big discussion about electronics and so and so on and so forth. And so they they just kind of wanted an opinion, a little bit of information. And so it became it looked like it could work out that I could ride their motorcycle at that test. Dunlop got really excited about it and went ahead and put together a test plan and tires for me to ride on. And uh, because we always had a good relationship and they liked that, I think they had hoped to be able to utilize me more, but, uh, and it all just kind of worked out. And so it, unfortunately, um, I, I didn't get a whole lot of laps. Um, the team, I think, you know, had an idea of how it would go and it never goes to plan. Uh, and, and, uh, Matt had to do more laps probably and needed a little more attention and they thought they'd be able to step away from him and, and spend a little more time with me. And then I went off and broke the motorcycle pretty pretty quickly so nice. uh, i got about 27 or 28 laps getting up to speed and, and i could definitely feel that as far as riding at that level i had been away from the motorcycle for a year i felt very rusty and uh you know felt like things were coming at me pretty quickly and kind of forgot how hard the brake forces and things like that are so a little bit of an eye-opener and, and a reminder that if i was going to get back into the game i have some work to do josh you uh the consummate professional that you are, I'm going to ask you a question that's maybe outside your realm, but he used to be your teammate, at least at one point. What do you think about the move of Josh Heron to the Yosh team? Uh, certainly he's qualified, I would have to say, but he wasn't really a name that not only myself, but really a lot of people in the industry were, you know, he wasn't the one that you would have thought was at the top of the list, but it sure looks like that's what's going to happen. Well, I mean, you know, his name has been synonymous with Yamaha for so long. I mean, he spent his entire career since he was 15 years old on factory Yamahas or a version of them other than a half a year in Moto2. So, you know, a lot of times that, that kind of just takes it right off the table, you know. Uh, I think the Stan Bowie deal came together really because Yamaha wanted to help Josh and, and they, they kind of put something behind it because he is one of their former superbike champions and such. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of different feelings about it. I'm happy to see an American get the opportunity. I have nothing against uh, Massey Skoltz, 
Valentin DeBeast, uh, Marco Melandri, whoever else was linked or talked about with that ride. I'm nothing against those guys, but we only have four or five good seats in America right now, and I want to see Americans on those seats. Um, we keep talking about wanting guys in GP. If we can't get them on seats here in the U.S., we're never going to get them to there. Um, and, and filling both two of those seats with, with uh, foreigners, I thought was, man, I, d- I just didn't want to see that. But, um, you know, there is no question about Josh's talent. To me, he's one of he's a freak of nature as far as talent goes. It's just going to be a little bit interesting to see how he can put everything together to make it be successful because this is going to be one of the bigger changes in his career. And for me, what I saw on the racetrack this year was a new Josh Heron, one that we haven't seen before, one that I'd talked to him about what I thought he could do a long, long time ago. And I think the relationship with Richard Stamboli, having worked with him in the past, I think Richard was a very, very good, solid, confident, uh, person for him and helped shape him and get some of his best riding I've ever seen from him in 2017. So I think losing that is dangerous to me. Josh is going to have to take a bit of a gamble, in my opinion, getting away from Stan Bowley, who is really starting to get some good stuff out of him and be able to take that and continue to grow with it on his own in the Suzuki fold. And it'll be interesting to see if he's able to do that. So the Josh Heron going to Suzuki is a done deal? I'm not I, not that I know of, but you asked my opinion if you were to get that right. <laughs> so, oh, because there's also be kind of fun to see. It's not a hundred percent done, but okay. it's certainly tea leaves are pointing. I think there's other happening. guys though. That I it's, mean, we've, we've got. The, I think we're a little closer to this being the real deal than. Uh, what about? Any, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little disconnected from it, so uh, he, I, I don't really know what's going on too much. He would be. I think Heron would be my second pick, honestly, for that team. Well, it's uh, again. I'm I'm reporting facts if that I are being were, reported. Uh, if and, I were, and if, if those I were the, prove to be wrong, I will have to eat crow along with the authors. If I were Don Sakakura, I would be taking a hard look at JRP again. Ooh. Oh, Johnny God. Rock Page. Oh my Ooh. God! I can't even huh? believe he said his name. <laughs> oh, I can't even believe he. Don't you have to put name. like something I mean, in the square I, jar I for that? There's got to be something about having a presidential candidate on your bill, you know? Like, There's the spin. There it is. <laughs> I wonder, Josh, I wonder how how bored people are of my jokes because they're the same all the time. I just love taking hey, – I, I, I look forward to emails. it. I get his weekly emails. I do, too. <laughs> it goes to my spam, but I still get them. And I, 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 I'm like, is it, am I going to open – what is – like I have to click on it. And then The it's, most recent one was pretty good about him and Ben Spee's factory Ducati Moto America and at the last race Ben would win the last race and collect the number one plate which they would promptly put in the White House as their presidential that is a special kind of imagination he's got it was good good. what planet do you think he's from hey man got to dream big I guess I love it well dream is the let's put extra emphasis on that word uh next year Josh are you are you you're are you the ambassador still a coach at uh Yamaha? Things are changing. Things are changing. Yamaha has definitely, they're shrinking considerably. And uh, hence, uh, JD not being in the fold quite the same anymore. And so I'm, I'm also kind of part of that program. So I'm going to keep a relationship with Yamaha, but not through the racing department per se, though those guys are like family to me. Uh, my relationship will not really include the racetrack. 
Um, and uh, I'm in discussions. You know, I'm talking to Moto America, and I'm talking to a few other teams that are out there to see if they can use my services in any way. But, uh, you know, we'll just I, I don't know how it's going to play out, what it's going to be like. I would imagine my wife still wants to race, so we're going to be around the racetrack in some way, shape, or form. But i got to find a way to afford the travel. She's pretty good at it, too. I've seen her race. She is good at it. Yeah. And Josh, we, and we it's, like her. it's not just Yamaha that's shrinking. I'm sure you're well aware of what's going on throughout the industry. I mean, big news well, recently I, with uh, the World Superbike and 10 Cotty program. There's one no one would have guessed unless they had some insider hurt. information. I wouldn't have guessed that if you told me that two weeks ago at the last the event. The release today was pretty interesting that they're going to sue Honda over a bankruptcy lawsuit for for uh, oh letting them know too late. So yeah. That was a press release out today. Yeah, and un- unfortunately goal. we've seen that happen with one Eric Buell, Buell Racing, Buell Motorcycles. Wait, what did EB, I miss? I didn't EB. catch that. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine it's going to fly, but we'll see. I, I didn't catch that. Say it again, please. Uh, Tenkate uh, announced today that they're taking legal action against Honda wow. for because of the timing of when they let them go. They thought everything was good to go and were told on October 30th which was too late to do anything else, that uh, they weren't going to be included, that they were going to go to Althea and Morawaki. So, yeah, but I mean... Of Morawaki, I'm glad to see Morawaki get it. And, and I assume that would be... That crew would be good. HRC is probably the party that will be named if that suit goes anywhere. Yeah, it, it, it's with the parent company in Japan, I believe. So we're going to say that old... Old Ten Kate and, and Honda are done. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going well over there. Tenkati is uh, <laughs> if, they, if they're filing lawsuit on HRC, that's pretty much. I mean, like, so w- let me ask you this: If you're Suzuki, Kawasaki, Yamaha, whoever, and you read a press release that a team files lawsuit because they didn't renew their contract, do you want to go? Eh, maybe I don't want to do business with them ever. <laughs> Ever. Well, let me just say, as a rider, as a rider, there was a time where I felt like I had uh, uh, something that I could go argue with Honda about after the Daytona 200, and there was potential for me to make a legal argument over how things were handled around that race, and I chose not to because I was afraid of becoming a pariah that no other manufacturer would touch mm. right, right. if I got involved in that way. Yes, I think that way, and I go, man, I, I stay away from that for that. But I lost out in the same same time. It, it all worked out in the long run, and I ended up with a fantastic career, and I landed, I landed somewhere that's home for me now at Yamaha. So mm-hmm. it all worked out for me. But, yes, I, I would, I, I, if I were another manufacturer, I would look at that and go, yeah, yeah well, don't want to deal with that after 18 years. I mean, divorces are bad, though, right? Yeah, they sure are. And I, to your point, public to, ones. Taking the high road is often the way to go. It's just so hard to see it sometimes. Uh, and again, not only Tenkati in, in World Superbike, but the unfortunate announcement by our very good uh, show friend, uh, Danny Walker, the smooth talker, and the whole yeah, road racing pretty, factory. They're not going racing. Yeah, I'm pretty close with Danny, too, you know, and try to help with American Super Camp as much as I can. And, uh, yeah, to hear, he, he actually gave me a call and let me know what was going on. And, man, I, I was devastated to hear that. And, uh, you know, I, 
man, I felt like we needed Honda in the paddock so badly. I do too. I, we all do. I, I, mean, I think it's a. I think it's a big loss for 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 our racing. whole American road racing scene. I mean, but where's Jake Gagne without Danny Walker? And I mean, Jake Gagne is a phenomenal talent. I mean, but we might not have gotten to see it develop. I want to be yeah, clear too. He broke that news no on the show. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah. Just want to make sure people knew that. <clears throat> and I have no idea where Jake's <laughs> going to land. I, I actually called him a few times and I said, "Hey, what's going on?" Or that. He goes, "I don't know. We're working on things." So, I'm, I'm, I saw that Eugene Laverty did land somewhere, uh, and uh, hopefully Jake can find a way to uh, stay over there another year. You know, I've, whenever I've discussed this with younger riders and, and you know, even even Cam Bobier and some of those guys. You know, when Balancing the Beast came here, he was a foreigner who came here trying to steal our rides. And then he he gets a couple of results and spends a couple of years here. He had to spend some money on his own to do it one year, did well enough to just, okay, it's not going to cost me any money, and he does pretty good again. And now he's being considered for one of the Yoshimura superbike rides, right? Wow. So here you've got, you got this guy who was one of them, and now he's one of us. He races a couple of years in our series, he's one of us. And that's what's going to happen for an American to go over there because they don't really want us there that bad. They don't really care. And no American people are going to spend American money to go over and race over there. So Jake's got to do what he did this year and then maybe gut it out another year until they feel like Jake is one of them and they want to help him. They get to know him. They go, yeah, you're one of us. We want to help you. We know you're talented. We want to see you make it to the to the top. Right? He needs to go That's- drop a leg on an MXGP bike and blow their minds like he did <laughs> over here. And uh, he'll he'll get yeah. European yeah. fans if he did something actually, like that. Actually, he may have better luck throwing his leg than, over than a, any a, of our riders a motocross did. track here than going over there because if you saw what happened at motocross the nations I, I at redbud yeah it wasn't pretty it wasn't so good for the united states and it's been that's kind of been the trend here lately so yeah yeah well uh josh you've you've uh imagine the phone rings and hey we've got a we've got a ride How, does it have to be a factory effort for for you to go racing again or or no, not at all and actually, there was a lot of excitement around the test with the Westby deal. And if, if the right people had gotten excited about it, you know, uh, maybe we could have made something work. I think we all would have enjoyed it, you know. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know what it, would, what it would have to be. I know that it depends on what they expect. You know, like, I, I, can't, I can't. I'm a human being. I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a homeowner. I'm a this. I'm a that, right? Good so Lord. I have to find a way to make it all work so to be able to afford insurance and be able to afford you know my, my wife's to go get her too so i got to be able to afford a nanny that can afford me the time to get out and train and do the work that i need to do to be there and be ready to be a professional sure so uh, unfortunately i hate to say that i'm expensive but mm-hmm. I, i'm just i'm not I, I can't do it for free i can't do it cheap right. you know i need i need a little help the desire is there but i i, I can't I, I i did great racing in nearly the worst time in racing <laughs> so i did okay i'm happy i'm comfortable melissa and i have a fantastic life a nice home all this stuff but i'm not real cash heavy and rich you know i can't i can't just live a, a glamorous lifestyle because i never made that kind of money well that's radio that money, people that's our that job money, yeah <laughs> I, I made radio money not tv money hey wait a minute so. <laughs> uh do you think josh you, everything you just described sounds like you have a mortgage governor 
Um, <laughs> is that uh, is that the tr- the case? With jo- I mean, I wish I was slow like Josh Hayes these days, but you know what I mean. I mean, is it? Do you do you think that you could be? Do you think you could be Josh Hayes when you get back on there in six months, a year, whatever? I guess you don't have six months, but. If somebody called I, I, you tomorrow, listen, are you still pedaling? Are you still there, or what? I'm I'm definitely off off considerably from what I was before. Um, it's all the desire and all the the work ethic is all still inside of me. But I I said no one no one steps away for a year and comes back the guy that they were when they left. And I don't think that I'm an exception to that. No, it and you're correct. Even Johnny Rock Page? Work. <laughs> Anybody. Yep. He, he, yeah, I mean. Actually, he might be able to come back at the level he's <laughs> yep, at. Yeah, there he, you he, go. He, There's he, the dig we were looking for. He could come <laughs> right back to that mid-pack also, performance. Also, you could too, PJ. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> probably... I have hardly lost a step from being 10 steps behind. I have hardly lost one more. I was going to say something. I'm going to compliment you on that because you are very consistent, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is easy to be twenty percent slower than everyone you race. It is a very easy yeah, pace but, to maintain. Yeah, but you look at a story like Chad Reed. I mean, it's just it's so he, awesome. It is it's just yes. so awesome, incredible. You, how, if you're not a fan of Chad Reed, what is he? Forty? He's seventy-two. Wow, he's actually seventy-two. And uh, looks good. Though. He's there. He still does it every day, all year, every year. That's so true. He's yeah. going to be able to maintain that. I've been at home. I have not been competitive in a professional, you know, actively professional deal. I've ridden 27 laps since December of 2016. Why? That does not maintain, because it hasn't been available. Why don't you guys go buy motorcycles and go to the track and Like the rest of us, Like the rest of the world. I said, I said, I haven't ridden at this level. I have a street bike. I have a street bike that I've tinkered around on Dunlop Q4s with, and I have a blast. Are you but front braking or rear braking? <laughs> I'm sure on the Q4s he could embarrass everyone at a track day, but it's still not. And to your point, it's Josh, not you're not at a competitive. You're not at a competitive pace. I'm not out there trying to race Tony Elias, and to stay sharp at doing that, you have to stay doing it. Yeah. So for me to come back, I think there are things that, after watching for a year and mm-hmm. coaching. The things that I remember that I was working on that I got away from towards the end of what was going on with me because I was concerned with other things. And if I could go back, I think I could clean some things up and do some things sure. technically better than what I was doing before. As what a writer, what, what about what about riding the front brake to the point where the back end comes up and you swing it around and you go the other way? Can you yeah, do? No can you still do that? I got no problem with that. Okay. I got no problem with that. So That's you, not the issue. You're talking about you're, you're talking about <laughs> technically speaking as a rider. Oh, there's things that you you. I believe I could do better. Okay, but to ride at that intensity, at for the amount of time that I did before, is gets harder and harder to do without practice. We we train our minds as well as we train our bodies, right? Yeah. And I have not put my mind through the paces in that way in a long time. When I started racing, I had one or two corners on a racetrack that were mine, and I could put 100 percent focus into and crush those corners. And over years. I built it up to where I could do laps, and then I could do races with that kind of focus. Okay. And that's when I became a professional. But I haven't exercised that in a year. So I don't I think, think I've ever exercised it. That would explain a lot of things, wouldn't it? I think it would. <laughs> I don't know how I could go back and ride with the same intensity, you know, I would have to build that again. That would take time. Well, this interview brought to you in part by our good friend, uh, Melissa Paris and Baby. 
Uh, <laughs> I do appreciate it, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us up against the clock. We do want to thank you and uh, keep us posted on what's coming up, will you? Sounds good. Thanks for uh, having me on again, guys. Hayes, I got to tell you, I got mad respect for you, and, and I'm, oh, yeah, I always appreciate you answering the phone I for have us. mad love for him. It's been a long time we've had you on the show, and it's Scott does have mad love for you. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of weird. It's, the, it's very weird, but you, you I have, appreciate it. There's hearts by your name in his phone. It's weird. But, uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah, really thanks, man. It. That's it's good and weird. This portion of our show brought to you by Wiseco Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged pistons, forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshaft, forged connecting rods, valves, and a lot more. Anything you need for motorcycles, ATVs, snowmobiles, PWC, outboard marine, and automobiles on the planet that we call Earth for one name, for one solution. It's got to be Wiseco. Look for a dealer near you or look for them online at Wiseco.com. Hi, I'm Danny Walker of American Supercamp, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter-weight 
package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hi, this is Rob Dingman, President and CEO of the American Motorcyclist Association, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. In many ways, Tony, this song is uh, highly descriptive of you. What does it say? I don't even know the words. It's all about uh, being a renegade. And uh, that song, of course, by the ex-ambassadors was used on the uh, Jeep uh, campaign and promotion for their new Jeep product called the Renegade. And uh, matter of fact, it was weird because I wanted to do an interview with these guys, right? So I called the uh, manager of the band, and they're out of uh, Boston, or excuse me, now New York. And um, he says, well, he said, they're on the road. And uh, I said, well, okay, that's cool. I'd like to do a Skype video interview for television. He said, cool. So he set it up. Guy uh, was in a room, looked familiar. They gave me, of the two brothers, they gave me the blind guy. So he was staring off to the left, not at me. <laughs> That's the second time I've, Kansas gave me the one guy with, you know, one good eye. Uh, what a great interview it was, though. But anyway, so the brother uh, gets on and we talk and we're talking and, and we're done with the interview and we're off air. And I said, So where are you guys up next? He goes, Des Moines, Iowa. I said, Des Moines, Iowa. I thought the room looked familiar. He was in the basement of this very building. Oh, you're kidding! Doing me. an interview with me, not some three miles away. Oh, that's. Funny. I could have come down and done it live and in person, but you know, us in communications, we don't always communicate oh, yeah. that you well. Know, radio people don't always communicate, or the best. TV people. Anybody <laughs> in the communications business, we suck at communicating with each other. So, it was. It was I think it was indicative of uh, you know the little um, uh, hiccup that we had prior to going on there tonight. You know, lots of people want to use this very same studio. We've been using it for, what, 20 years or so? Uh, 15 going 15. 16, yeah. yeah. But anyway. But to we be could... fair, we weren't in this studio, Scotty. No, we've been in a multitude of studios as uh, iHeart has taken over control of KXNO, our, our flagship station here in Des Moines, Iowa, sister station of the mighty 50,000-watt blowtorch that is WHO, AM 1040, News Radio 1040 WHO. Anyway, um so you, as I, I was trying to describe you as being a bit of a renegade. You've always been able to start something from scratch, had an idea in your head, and one of those ideas that was uh, able to escape was something called uh, DeVilleware. Yeah, we did DeVille. That's been a minute. We had a clothing line. Uh, Which I thought was a very cool clothing a line, buddy, by the way. A couple buddies. They were brothers, actually, and me, and uh, ended up coming down to just two of us that pretty much did all the work. Uh, three of us. Three. My partner and his wife. And me, and uh, it was fun though. We went, we went, uh, we we promoted it. You know, basically it was just T-shirts, and then we had some other stuff made. But you promoted it so well. What happened? Well, we we <laughs> did. We had some surf shops out in California that were carrying it, 
and we had some motorcycle shops. Yeah. A lot of the motorcycle shops were carrying it. And then uh, it was called DeVille, and uh, we we kind of used some of the similar logos to a GM dealer or GM manufacturer, and, and uh, it got some notice, actually. And oh, we, ended that right? up, we ended up shutting her down. So <laughs> The old cease and desist. <laughs> the old cease and desist. Love the idea. Uh, wish you would stop doing it. I was a teenager when we did this. Were you frightened at all about the... Uh I mean, getting a getting a letter from Detroit, much like what were they going to take? Donald Trump uh, got a letter from Detroit recently saying that we're going to shut exactly down. Right. What yeah. are you going to take from me? Some T-shirts? Go ahead. Uh, you know, like half the shops aren't paying us that are selling them. So why should they? What? <laughs> but we it was, it was fun though. It was a fun time. We we actually uh, one of my stories I hear all the time from people is we showed up. We had a limo and we had this uh, a skull bumper chromed with red lights in the eyes. On, for a hood yeah. ornament, and we showed up um, at, at the Mo- Lamoni at the motocross track, and I had the had the 125 on the roof, and I had the 250 in the trunk, and um, it was a real hoopty, obviously this 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 thing. So we uh, it was funny because the front brakes only the front brakes worked, and so the rear brakes didn't work, so it would push a little bit when you hit the brakes. We pull into the track all cool, and uh, it, it, wet grass. You know, Slid right into the Kaibos, didn't you? No, we went into the kid. The kid that I competed with the most, uh, Corey Samprini, he we ran square into his trailer, and his dad was so mad, and we just thought it was hilarious. We didn't fix it, of course, you know. So it was just a uh, just good time having that, and then. Um, well, and I want to lead into something else. Uh, you didn't stop there. You started developing racetracks, and and there, the legend follows, but. Uh, the track that you've currently developed is many things to a lot of people. Uh, I think you had a pretty successful year overall. You've always figured out a way to make, uh, you know, sunshine. And uh, you did it again this year at Riverside Raceway, just uh, on the south side of, uh, of, of Winterset, Iowa, the well, birthplace of one John Wayne. Well, thank you for saying that. We, we did have our hands full. We had our, our, our fill of challenges this year was Weather. two of the races where the ground was actually frozen. And I fortunate enough that, to have a dozer down there and, and, uh, took a d5 and we actually scraped out frost and i that's something i have never what were you seen down a foot foot and a half yeah oh yeah at least because the thing is is you can't you know there may be six inches of frost but you don't get six inches when you take when you're scraping it out you've got to go deeper than that and and it it, com- it completely wrecks the place and sure. people don't realize like man he he whipped that track out in five hours you know and he mm. didn't even have a delay and how much in fuel well it's the putting it back on that's oh, yeah. the thing. You spend weeks fixing your racetrack, and it still looks like fresh dirt work. The grass is gone, the, you know, and that's the first place the weeds grow when you when it does come back. And but uh, no complaints. We had a good time. We had the the qualifier this year. We had the uh, Justin Brayton race again. Uh, the JB Ten shootout. Yep. And I've got some ideas. We did a school the last couple of years with Brayton. I think that's kind of ran its course. Um, not because there's there's uh, you know, a, a lack of interest for that. I just think Brayton's kind of bored with that. So he, uh, we, we've got some ideas that we're going to do that, that I think are going to be really cool. And, and, uh, you know, we've, we've got that going next year. We've moved the qualifier up to, uh, the North central area is going to be at, at, uh, Oak Ridge will be the one in Iowa, which sure. I think that track, you know, truly when I was, I was kind of vocal and when I butt heads with the owner about it, because I thought some of the stuff didn't belong in a local motocross track and there have right. been some injuries which we've had our share at our, our track too but um i went up there and raced the evergood open which 
gets a ton of riders. I raced with Jeff Emick. Josh Hansen was there. Uh, Dean Wilson was there. Um, like Dean. There was, uh, yeah, there was, uh, who? oh, uh, El Hombre, the, the Supercross champion was there. El Hombre. Uh, so there was, <laughs> there was, you know, Jason, there was a ton of people on hand, and, and it's a super cool event. And I went there and I raced it, and uh, I'm kind of, I was spooked at that place. There's nothing to be scared of. The place is super safe. They've smoothed it out then. They have really. Because they had some monster jumps in their first year. Monsters. It wasn't the first year. It was until earlier earlier this year or late last year. But they've done a great job with that track. I'm really excited for that. Um, I've ran the track in Sully for for a few couple years. You know, since I bought my racetrack back in the spring of 15, I took over uh, Sully 16, 17. I've been begging somebody to take that place over. Um, not because it doesn't make money. It's just I want to do a lot of work. I want to do something with else with my time and you know having a family and stuff now. But um, Brad Depringer is going to take it over, and wow. Brad Brad is actually pretty relevant in our area because he uh, that's big news. He's got yeah, he's doing training and stuff. They bought a facility they're they're building, and I I told Brad I said hey I'll help you with with my uh, you know my my PA system and my just about everything the but hand my off. crew yeah, yeah I'm going to help him. All I did was was lease the place. The owner is cool with having Brad come on. He's relevant right now, um, which you'd think I'd be relevant, but he has a following and and he's from that area. He can bring equipment over a lot easier, that kind of thing. So I'm excited. Um, I'm pretty excited for for 2019. We've got our our schedule set. We haven't announced it yet, but I'm going to have more races in winter set at Riverside Raceway. I'm going to have more practices. Does Jim still do races down around Lamont? I ever nope. Sold it to some people from Ohio. I think they may be a little Amish, but oh. I'm not. But oh. I'm not sure. I okay. know they have a lot of kids. It's so still doing trophies. He does trophies. He okay. does screen printing and stuff. That guy. I'll tell you what. Jim Johnson and his wife just cruise around in their outlaw. They they uh, he keeps his bike loaded. That is the garage for his dirt bike. He will go. They just cruise. I mean, I think they spend like a month in Hawaii in he's the wintertime. He's a crazy renegade. That's have what you he seen, is. If you've seen the big Lebowski, yeah. that's Jim. He is the dude. The dude. He the is dude. the dude. Only right. only he doesn't he doesn't smoke pot, and I don't think he drinks at all. So there's no white Russians and no weed for the dude uh, being – That's okay. Being Jim, but – Sure. Yeah, he's, he's everybody's hero. The guy's just – You know what I've found out over the last 28 days? I found out that not everybody drinks and not everybody smokes weed. Mm-hmm. I think there's a whole group of folks out there that are just very quiet. You have been very vocal about your sobriety. Yeah. And we haven't talked about it on the show, yeah, but that's okay. Um, I think the show quality has gone up. Oh, God. That didn't have far to go for that. <laughs> I listened to some of those shows, and there's a reason you were on your knees begging me, please do something. And yep. I said, Okay. Yep. Hey, let's take you back to 1979. And uh, point in fact, today, November 27th, is a very special day for one guy that we call the GOAT. It's Ricky Carmichael's birthday. And Ricky, of course, the 15-time AMA Supercross and AMA Pro Motocross champion. Uh, well, he's had one of the more prolific careers in the history of motocross, winning some 102 outdoor nationals, 48 premier class, AMA Supercross races, the motocross donations, and countless youth and amateur mini cycle titles. Are we ever going to see anybody that's really going to approach or even challenge those numbers that Ricky Carmichael possesses? That's a good question, Scott. I think it's a. I think it's fair to say, and Ricky may not agree with this, but. I think it's fair to say that the sport has elevated. 
there's we never saw you know the farm where, where Ricky trained was has been simulated over and over Club MX south of the border there's there's uh GPF the Millsaps training facility there's sure. there's tons of them now and and what's unique about motorcycle racing specifically or or more more I would say motocross than anything is our athletes these riders these kids they their parents mortgage everything they spend tons of money right. and the racers still even still they hire trainers out of their own winnings their own earnings to to train them and and help them uh, achieve you know to be and you have to be at that level now whereas a, a collegiate sport they send you to camp they send you to you know you, you get the opportunity to, to play for NBA you don't have to spend any money I'm announcing an event this uh, Friday night in Cedar Rapids Iowa over one hundred thousand dollars on the line you get twenty five hundred bucks to show five grand to win a six minute match okay wow. so total amount you can win without being match of the night or fight of the night is 7500 bucks. Now you could if you do well and it's an, an exciting and outstanding match, you could be up for match or fight of the night, which could put another 5 to 10 grand in your mm -hmm. pocket. Mm -hmm. This is one of the very first events like this where that's that kind of money and that has a you know longevity attached to it. In other words, that they're looking to, for this to be the number 1, it's called the American Wrestling League where it's Number one, identified as such. But they're looking to do this four, five, six times a year. And when you talk about professional athletes, you have to include those that are still in the amateur ranks, if you will, the Olympic ranks. Mm -hmm. um, they are not afforded the opportunity for, for example, fencers or gymnasts. Uh, very seldom will you see, other than a Campbell Soup Tour, uh, remember the old days of Virginia Slim's tennis, uh, where you see that kind of money being thrown about. That was a women's league, by the way. It, it was. I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Um, so this is the first of its kind, really. That was the first women's league. Yeah. Yeah. For 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 wrestling in this case, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a time when our athletes don't have to go with hat in hand, begging for sponsorship it's, or money. It's been that. Yes, and racing is, and and to back to my point with RC, that the I think you ask if we'll ever see somebody so dominant in our sport in in motocross anyway. Well, we asked that with McGrath too, right? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. a degree. Well, but there there was a time like he, I don't know that McGrath actually. I think RC came in and spoiled McGrath's parties. What Absolutely. happened? Because McGrath was at Havasu on the weekends with Emick and all them other fellas, and then uh, here comes this little chubby kid that worked his butt off. And and so uh, to, to back to that point, I think the the farm and you know they've, I mean Ryan Dungey went and trained at the farm and, mm -hmm. and they've simulated that and you know and, and the the Martins have been there and there's tons of people that go down there now. But um, I don't think we're ever going to see somebody. That is so dominant, like like RC. I think Carmichael it was natural is, for him to win. It seems he put a lot. He put a lot of work into it, and it wasn't his natural. He made it look natural. It but was natural for us to see him win. Yeah, yeah. But what you don't know, his I, and work, I, Jack. I know you're going to go to break, but let me no, just no, finish. No, no, let me on, finish Jack. one little story here about RC. And and this was back in uh, the '80s. We were my dad and I went down to. Um, Finger Lakes Park down in Columbia, Missouri. Okay. And it was a state-owned park that they would have races once or twice a year. And they had a really good motocross facility there. And they had this event called the Hot Dog Shootout. And it was, now it sounds corny, but they, Kawasaki, we had a Team Green thing going on. 
and Kawasaki said, we want you to be at these key events, and that was one of them. It, was, it made sense for us regionally, six, seven-hour drive at the most. And we get down there, and I was the hot rod. The young stud. I was in. the hot dog in my, yeah. my backyard. Sure. And so I go down there to square up with all these other guys, and I was probably top five, maybe a little bit better at some point. But it was a big deal because it was full gate, 40, 40 kids out there, sure. and you're running up big front. Big race. You, you, they're, 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 if you can do that, you're expected to do top tens at Loretta's, which I never did as a kid. I always stunk when I went there at those races down south. But um, anyway, I remember there was a kid on a 60, fat little kid on a 60 that was going to ride with us, and I remember he smoked all of us, and I couldn't, and I go, who is it? He rode differently. He, he his bike sounded different. He was just it was Ricky. It was RC. No, and no, was, no. That's what yeah. your question was at the time. Yeah, who yeah. Is we were that? like, who is that? Yeah. And it, and I didn't know till years later who he was. There was other another race somewhere where he showed up, and I think it was in Omaha, which the track I I can't remember the track or anything. Back in Denny's back but, there. But uh, yeah, but it was it wasn't an outdoor track. It was some kind of a supercross track. I don't remember the deal. I, I wasn't racing it for some reason. I don't remember why, but I remember going there and watching, and I knew it was Ricky Carmichael at that time because this was, it was after this race, and I remember going, that guy's way better than all of us. Well, here's the key. Here's why I bring that up, um, and I'm going to caution parents. Just just listen, if you would, please, ingest what you can. Um, Ricky Carmichael is on record as saying that he, there was a time that he began to hate practice, Mm-hmm. He began to hate racing. Mm-hmm. He knew what the result was going to be, but he still had to put in these countless numbers of hours doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. Now, if you want to break a spirit of a kid, break a love for a sport or an idea or an activity, that's the way to do it. Jeannie did it. Yep. His mom did it. Let's she give had her some stick. credit. She'd whack his fingers if they weren't covering the brake and the exactly. and the, the clutch. She'd whack. You know, I mean, what, that, first of all, that's not parenting. Okay, if you want to coaching, that's coaching. And if you want to be and I have never seen a coach, a successful coach do that. If you and there are varying ways to to gauge success. Okay, and if and if you want your kid to hate what you're doing, that's one way to do it. The other way is to not give him any breaks, not give him any room to grow elsewhere. I saw this and I see it. I continue to see it. And and motocross has changed. The sports changed a lot in the last five years. We have. 50% 50% pay attention people 50% the participation nationwide than we did 5 years ago. Why do you think that is? Because of the price of the motorcycle. That's one. These that's it, Scott. Bottom that's line. it. That's it. That's the the motorcycles are too expensive. Now I'm guilty. I just got me a brand new Husky 300. Nice. S- stupid money. Stupid money for it. But I'm 40. I'm in a position, and that's who's buying motorcycles now, 40-year-olds. And then the dad that wants to live vicariously, I bought my kid a, a, a little uh, electric thing this weekend. The Charles bike? Yeah, No, I bought a, it looks like a Strider. It's called a Stasic. Cool, cool. Super cool. I don't think she's going to ride the thing, but I'm just hoping. And so I, I, I'm that parent that would pour any amount of money into my kid's hobby and passion if it were mine. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I see at these races. I still see it. I've ran some people off, not on purpose, but just because I try to tell them, you got to stop pushing your kid. And it's not in my business, not in my best interest uh, to, to say that. But here's the thing. Here's what I've known since I was a kid, since I was, uh, you know, my Johnny Miller, who's from uh, oh, yeah. 
Uh, remember him? You bet. From, uh, Sister. Did and Brenda, he, she sure. passed, but uh, he's from Norwalk area, and his dad pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. He don't ride motorcycles anymore. Brian has nothing to do with it. Lost all love for it. Bre- Brenda, you remember, if you look at the score sheet, Brenda did one thing that always it always tickled my fancy, and that is she could not write the name Brian for the life of her. Brain. She, she always Brain. put Brain down. B-R-A-I-N, not B-R-A-N. Did she? I think she did. I wonder if she ever got it right. Scott's panicking. Do we have to take a break? We do. No, that's right. Jack. Jack is panicking. I'm him. Sorry, Jack, Jack, let's take the quick time out. You're All listening right. to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is part of the, uh, <laughs> the people. What am I saying? Front porch Front people. Front porch people. Front porch media uh, radio network. Stay tuned. Back after this. Hey, everybody. This is Hillbilly, David B. and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves and boots don't drink and ride it's illegal and dangerous time out drink swell vodka proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in iowa find swell vodka in fine stores restaurants and bars near you like swell on facebook all right thank you very much welcome back to the program as we head to the top of the hour i want to be clear on something we're talking about Ricky Carmichael being the greatest of all time. I don't think there's a lot of argument there. Um, but you mentioned Jeremy McGrath's name and, and the fact that, oh, here comes Ricky Carmichael, and he does disrupt the you know the freight train that was Jeremy McGrath in his career. Um, in that Jer- Ricky doesn't own all the records in AMA racing. As a matter of fact, Jeremy McGrath remains the king of Supercross with his seven titles and 72 main event wins, which is, I mean, that's remarkable. Uh, and, and many of the ones he does have just seem unbreakable. But i got to believe at some point we will see a guy like Orion Villapoto or somebody like that 
Uh, I mean, if you go back and look at the Yamaha riders in 1979, you got Rex Statton and and Mike Bell. And gosh, remember how tall Mike was? Too tall. Too tall, baby. Um, but there's so many guys that we, we kind of forget in the record books. Just looking back at him, uh, King Richard Burleson, six straight AMA National Enduro Championships. There's so many guys that did well within their discipline. And we have to keep remembering it wasn't just Ricky Carmichael, and I think that was the whole point of me bringing him. Yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, but but Ricky's the most relevant, obviously, because of uh, you know that he was the one that was the, and he still, faced some real talent. He unseated McGrath, mm-hmm. and he stood up to the fastest man that had come across the gate, arguably ever, James Stewart, at a yes. ripe age. Yes, on two fifties, James Stewart oh, was doing, it. or I mean. 125 Stewart's was was the fast lap of any given Supercross on well, his 125. You had guys like Missouri's Jeff Emmett coming up. You had Damon Bradshaw of North Carolina. You had so many guys from across the country, even our own Chad Pedersen from Minnesota, mm. or from Fort Dodge, rather. I'm yes. sorry, now Minnesota. Now Minnesota. Um, there are so many guys, and these are all T-shirt and, and, and snap caps. You know what I'm saying? These are all guys wearing trucker caps and not expecting a lot of money or, or excess uh, attention in the pits. Uh, they, they made more money than you think, these no, boys. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. That's how they appeared. And uh, there were so many really great guys that came through the ranks. And that's just part of our weekly conversation that we enjoy as part of the Front Porch Media Group. Uh, We appreciate you listening. I want to thank all of our great guests on the program. We had a great conversation, I think, with Jeremy, uh, Jared Mees, rather. Um, Davis Fisher, was what a bright, uh, what a bright spot he holds uh, for, for racing. Ted Weirbach as well. He classifies himself as a privateer effort. It's one of the best privateer efforts I've seen in a long while. They're deeply rooted in Fletcher. Right, out of, out of Ottumwa, Iowa. And uh, we want to thank them. Also want to thank uh, one of our great sponsors, and that, of course, Hicklin Power Sports out of Grimes, Iowa. They have Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, Beta, KTM and Polaris, and now haircuts all under one roof. <laughs> See the friendly staff there in Grimes, Iowa right now financing in-house. They'll take care of you. Great uh, service department, too, headed by our dear, dear friend, P.J. Duran. And, P.J., when people come in and talk to you, you don't just brush them off and say, well, you know what, I don't really have time to talk to you. You make time for your customers. Have to. That's my, that's my job. Uh, that's what I get paid to do. And but you enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Fixing bikes is what we do. Fixing bikes. I like that. All right. Want to enjoy uh, the rest of the week, but want to invite you to come back and join us next week. You know, I think next week I want to make a point. We're talking about the greats. Yeah. Tony Cairoli has won nine FIM World Motocross World Championships. That Ten is the record. Let's and, get and, him and McGrath on the show next week. I would love that. So... Hurling's hopefully is uh, ready for Kai really to win one more because I'd really like to see that. And that that's all stuff cool. overseas, but so cool. For PJ Duran, Tony Wanketti, Coolant Camp, and of course Roman Avila. We appreciate you listening. For Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, our producers, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, I'm Scott Casper speaking. Have a very good one, everybody. We'll talk to you next week for Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly.
a division of Pit Pass Radio, L.C. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio, L.C. is strictly prohibited. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 